0: Wants to try my 18 layer dip. It's got beans, cheese, bird seed, guac, chocolate chip. One warning if you're allergic to uh, peanuts or bee stings, I would eat it. What
1: are you talking about? Who the hell are you talking to? Charlie Blackman is the batting champion, more like the ugly champion. If God doesn't like the Broncos, then why is the sky blue and the sunsets orange? is a sure one-stop shop for your call to sports. We I'm host, Matt Kennedy. If you have not done so already, please go ahead and like, subscribe, share the ACE Sports Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or just wherever you get your podcasting stuff. We have some of the absolute best conversations with local broadcast analysts, journalists, athletes, and coaches from the professional and collegiate world of Colorado Sports, and you can get it all here in under 15 minutes or less, three times a week. And today, we are covering CU basketball yet again, and thankfully, we're doing it with a win because the Colorado Buffaloes are moving on after downing Oregon in the Pac-12 tournament quarterfinals by a final score of 82-69 yesterday in the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. And they move on tonight to face off against number two, Arizona, who is the number one seed in the regular season Pac-12 champion. That game is set tonight for 7 p.m. We're talking with the voice of the Buffaloes, Mark Johnson, here in just a little bit. He was on the call last night in Las Vegas, we will also be on the call tonight when CU takes on Arizona. Evan Batty was the hero yet again for the Buffaloes, leading the way with 19 points, 12 rebounds. He also went 5 for 6 from the charity stripe. He also had two crucial blocks on the defensive end. He just led the way. But can we talk about the guards man three specific uh, sp- three specific players De'Vaughn Walker, Tristan De Silva and KJ Simpson Walker had 18 points and 16 boards are you kidding me Come on, Jabari. He also had eight points in that crucial 13-4 run to end the first half after being down by as many as seven. It was 36-30 to end the first half, and the Buffs did not look back. They held the Ducks to uh, 27% shooting from the field in the first half, and the end of the game shooting 34.3% overall. Another great game by the CU defensive outing, whose pillar this season. We talk about Tad Boyle's uh, two consistency things, and one of those things is holding their opponents to under 40% shooting. They are undefeated when they do so this year. It was a great win for the Buffs, and they were able to show off their strengths Yet again, and build their confidence, especially when it comes to their young guards, because they are going to need all that momentum when they face off against an exceptional Arizona team for the second time in four games. We all remember what happened a couple of games ago when the Buffs took down the number two team in the country on senior night in the CU Event Center that ended with Evan Batty being surrounded by the Boulder Faithful in what was one of the most memorable wins in program history. But this is a much different setting. Neutral site. We're going to hear Mark Johnson say this basically is a road game because Arizona fans travel well. They're a little pesky. They're very loud and they're going to cause some trouble tonight. It is a unpredictable postseason as well and the Wildcats barely escaped against the pesky San uh, Stanford Cardinal yesterday in an 84-80 to 80 win, but how Arizona has won four straight since losing to CU, and I'm sure they're ready and poised to make sure the events that took place in Boulder don't repeat tonight. So with that, let's bring the voice of the Buffaloes, Mark Johnson, to talk some CU Buffs here on ACE. Alrighty, well, a very good Friday morning from Las Vegas um, because Mark Johnson, voice of the CU Buffs, is uh, celebrating a win last night. Um, against Oregon, and Mark, tonight it is against Arizona in the semifinals of the Pac-12 tournament. Uh, how's it going, and um, how are you doing, good, sir?
0: Doing well. Yeah, it's good to be hanging around another day. You know, I'm not, I'm not much of a celebrator or a Vegas guy. My celebration, <laughs> I got back to the hotel room. Um, I had an ice cream shake from Shake Shack. I did some game prep, did a podcast, and, went and got a workout, was in bed by about 10 o'clock. So that's, that's the way yours truly celebrates in Las Vegas.
1: You know, I, I would rather much rather prefer that way than probably going out on, on the town in Vegas. <laughs> that that sounds a lot better, shake, shake, shake. But um, yeah, Mark, we're talking uh, about the game last night, a fantastic win uh, for the Buffs, but they trailed by as many as seven in the first half. And we're like, okay, it's a game. Oregon, Oregon's pushing it, even though they've only made one three so far. But then see you at the end of it. Uh, went on that 13-4 to four run going into halftime, six-point lead. Two names led the charge for them on that run and really the remainder of the game for the offensive side of things. Jabari Walker and K.J. Simpson, those guys in stride when they turned the corner off the high screen or were running the floor on a fast break. Man, just yesterday, watching them do what they do, it was so much fun to watch them go to work against the Ducks.
0: Yeah, you know, when, when Colorado came out, and, and I knew things were going to be okay even when they fell behind uh, by, you know, whatever, six, seven, eight points, whatever it was was because they were getting good looks. Evan Batty hit the first three-pointer. Colorado missed 10 three-pointers in a row after that before they hit the second one. And so here was the difference between what was going on with Oregon and what was going on with Colorado. Um, I thought Oregon was making some tough threes and hitting some tough shots. Now, the defense wasn't perfect for, for Colorado. And then on the flip side, Colorado was getting good looks, just wasn't hitting them. And I thought, okay, as long as they continue to get good looks, that means they're moving the ball they you know, uh, Oregon's defense is not there in time. Colorado's going to start to hit some shots, and, and guys started to. And, and, and then Colorado had to adjust in the, in the halftime because much of what was going on with Oregon offensively was going to the basket. So they were getting downhill into the paint, driving to the basket. And that's where their buffs were giving up a few points. And, and so I thought that that's a fixable issue in this ballgame. And so I was real impressed by Colorado. Colorado adjusted what Tad Boyle and the staff did. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Jabari. KJ was outstanding yesterday. His stat line was really fantastic when it was all said and done. Oh and and then also Evan Batty, obviously with another double double. And so, yeah, there there was there was a lot to like in that ball game. And I, I never got too panicky early in that contest for the Buffs fell behind
1: and it was but you just kind of wonder was Oregon going to turn it on in the, in the second half because they kept it close down the stretch they shot well from behind the arc in the second half of course you mentioned what they did in the first they made seven three-pointers in the second but the buffs they didn't waver from a scheme they came back right out uh and scored what 16 points off turnovers 15 points off fast breaks it was a fast-paced game for CU but from your perspective what else did you see uh, in in terms of the scheme that tad Boyle drew up and then that carried over to the execution from the players
0: well, for, for, for me, you know, and, and once you get to this time of year, you know, there are no secrets anymore. I mean, all these teams have seen each other multiple times for the most part. They've scattered each other over and over and over again. And so you knew that that the one thing that was going to be real important with this ballgame was the transition game. And, and I was watching that from the get-go. Oregon likes to, to push the basketball. They normally will beat whoever they're playing in transition points. And then Colorado... Uh, was going to try counter that by pushing because teams that run don't like to be run on. And so I'm looking at the box score here, fast break points. Colorado went plus nine in that category. They out-transitioned Oregon in that game. <clears throat> so what Colorado did, you know, Tad Boyle always talks about building a wall. When a team runs on you, what, what that means is get back, build a wall, get three three defenders back. Because normally you got a couple guys hitting the glass. Get three de- defenders back real quick and stop the transition, and the penetration. And so Colorado did that on a consistent basis, I thought, last night. Not perfect, but did that on a consistent basis, got back, built that wall, stopped the transition, forced Oregon into a half-court set, and, and then you allow your defense to get back and get set, and uh, you know you try to stop them, obviously, defensively. Colorado was able to counter that yes. and win – uh, either off a miss or even off a make, take it out of the net and get down court quickly and beat them down court on a consistent basis. I, I thought that was a huge part of this basketball game. Yes,
1: yes. And so you talk about tonight as well, how that carries over. And we mentioned the Buffs, you know, second time they're playing Arizona in the last four games. And we all know what happened last time in the CU event center, but a completely different environment. As you mentioned, no secrets are being without from either team and a different mindset because of the setting. You win and, and you move on, you lose and you go mm-hmm. home. If you're Arizona, you're definitely in the tournament, but CU they're trying to fight for their season as of right now, and, and the Wildcats barely escaped from Stanford, very close four point game, which uh, the the Cardinal played them very hard in the second half. What can CU do to replicate what happened on senior night? Because I remember Evan Batty after last night's win, he was asked that same question. He just said they just got to come at them hard and play aggressive because that's what happened last time, and we'll see where the cards fall.
0: Yeah, it's really amazingly simple. I mean, all, all the guys things we talk about, and getting out in transition and then doing this and doing that and getting back in transition. It's amazing what happens when you simply play with energy. And that was another reason off the top last night. Scott and I are always watching on our broadcast. And if the first five minutes of I feel like the team's playing with energy, you're like, okay, they're going to be in this game. Okay, now it comes down to hitting some shots and getting some stops and those kind of things. If they played that way tonight, now here's the thing about uh, about Oregon, or rather uh, uh, Arizona over Oregon. With Will Richardson out, Oregon was really down to two guys that were really, you know, being the, the driving force behind our offense. And it was Jacob Young and then uh, uh, Quincy Guerrier from, from the Syracuse transfer. Right. Now, in Fale, Dante's capable. He had 24 the game before against Oregon State, so he's, he's got certainly capable. But it came down to two guys that were really the engine that drove their offense. Arizona doesn't have a weak link. Now, I don't think Kreese is going to play after the injury that he suffered yesterday with his ankle. It, it appeared that was pretty severe. And so I'm not sure if he can bounce back and be able to play today against Colorado in the semifinals. But they've got so many guys that are capable. I mean, obviously, Mather, the player of the year in the Pac-12, is kind of the main guy. But you've got, uh, you know, a, a, a inside you've got Tubellos, who I think is an outstanding yeah a big player for them. You've got Coloco, who's an outstanding big player. Oh there's so many guys, There, there isn't a break ever. And so the key for Colorado then is to be even more sound defensively because you've got to be there on the catch with a lot of those guys, the way they shoot. You've got to get back and build the wall, as Tad likes to say. You've got to be there in front of the guy, moving the feet, make sure there's not penetration because that's where a lot of their offense comes from.
1: Well then, Mark, you also mentioned what what they did against uh, against Oregon. CU prides themselves on holding their opponents to under forty percent shooting, and they did that against the Ducks. And I'm looking back at the stats against uh, against U of A um, in the first game, and they held Arizona to just under that thirty-nine point two percent. So you do that, and then really, at least when it comes to CU this season, I think they're undefeated when they do so with, with, their, with their opponents. Correct?
0: Yeah, they've. They really, got a couple of. Well, he's got a number of things that he looked for, but there's two big ones is hold the opposition under 40% shooting and go plus eight rebounding or more. Yeah. And when they do that during his career, I wish I had the number in front of me. It's in my book. But in the course of his 12 years when they do that, there's some crazy number like, I don't know what it is, 100, 107 and three or something. I mean, it's nice. just that it's a ridiculous number when they hit those two benchmarks. And it is supremely important. Now, they did that last night. Uh, they want to try and do that tonight. But but Arizona, Oregon is very talented. Arizona is exceptionally talented. I mean, they're a legitimate yeah. national championship yes. contender. They're a legitimate Final Four team. And so, you know, what they did last night was was very good. They're going to be outstanding tonight, like they were the first time they met up with Arizona.
1: Well, Mark, we appreciate it, and we look forward to the call. Back-to-back games, man. We're March Madness. We're in the midst of it. And, um, hey, hopefully we can get some similar feelings than we did back in February at the CU Event Center.
0: Yeah, it'll be kind of fun tonight. I mean, the atmosphere is great. You you talked about this being a different atmosphere. This is a road game tonight. Arizona fans travel like very few programs do in the country. I always say they're like cockroaches, man. They're (laughs) everywhere. And you can see it when you get out here to Vegas. Colorado fans have traveled very well. Oregon fans travel very well. Uh, Arizona fans are ridiculous. I mean, they're everywhere out here. So this will be like a road game tonight for Colorado. But you know what? Uh, I think it's going to be a great matchup. Thanks,
1: Mark. We appreciate it. You bet. Big shout out and thank you to Mark Johnson today for joining us on the All-Crowd Everything Sports podcast. Make sure to like, subscribe, and share this episode as well as the podcast itself on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or just wherever you get your podcasting stuff. Buffaloes take on Arizona tonight at seven from the T-Mobile Arena. You can listen to uh, Mark Johnson call the game on KOA or the Varsity app, in which you can listen to all CU games, whether it's uh, basketball. Or football. As for today, that is all she wrote. We will be back on Monday to hopefully recap a CU win. Maybe it's going to take a lot of grit and a lot of hard work and maybe some luck along the way. But hopefully we'll be recapping a successful CU uh, men's basketball Pac-12 tournament and maybe some CSU as well. They also advanced after defeating Utah State yesterday. Have a good weekend. Talk soon. Peace.